Happy Mother's Day, everybody. I just want to take a moment and offer a very brief reminder. Today, you can register right now, pre-register right now for our first in-person watch party that will start this coming Sunday at 11 o'clock at our Ridwood City campus. And I want to encourage you to go ahead. You can register for that right now. Also, just want to remind you, next weekend, our online worship gathering times will change to 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. specific standard time. Now, here's a huge announcement and surprise. Uh, A few weeks ago, my good friend, Pastor George Hinneman, uh, told me about a guest speaker they had at Seattle, at at University Press in Seattle, uh, Washington. Her name was Dr. Nicole Martin. Uh, He talked about it, so I had to go hear her. When I heard her, I was so blessed. I said, listen, NBCC has to experience this amazing preacher. So today I'm going to offer a wonderful surprise. She will be our speaker, our Mother's Day speaker, as she will continue to, to teach a message inside of our Grow series. So get ready. Let me just say a few things about her. Uh, she, has been, she was uh, born, raised, and educated in, in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, she has received uh, graduate degrees uh, ranging from Master Divinity to doctorates from uh, from Princeton Theological Seminary to Garden Cornwell Theological Seminary. She sits as a board of trustee member on the Garden Cornwell uh, College Board. She's a noted author. One of the books that she's written is uh, Made to Lead, Empowering Women for Ministry. She's been featured in the USA Today and Christianity uh, Today and a number of publications like that. Check this out in 2017, guys. Uh, the Charlotte uh, Business Journal uh, voted her as one of the top 40 under 40 impact leaders in their region. And here's one of my favorites. Check this out. She was uh, inducted into the prestigious Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Board of Preachers at Morehouse College. And her list of accomplishments goes on and on. But you get a slice of who she is. Okay. She's married to her best friend, Dr. Mark Martin. And she has two fabulous daughters, Addison and Josephine. So go ahead. If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and share this uh, gathering right now with your friends and family. Share the link uh, to our website at this moment. You don't want people to, you want to get this out. You want your friends to see this. And uh, after this Mother's Day tribute, the next voice you're going to hear will be that of Dr. Nicole Martin. We are moms who are pouring ourselves into our children every hour of every day. We are grandmothers who are also playing the role of primary caretaker. We are moms who are waiting to have children and trying our best to see the struggle through the eyes of God. We are moms who are learning the challenges of a blended family. We are moms in the workplace who are trying our best to balance competing expectations and demands. We are moms with adult children who are leaving our homes to pursue their own dreams. For packing lunches late at night. For cleaning out their backpacks, then filling them again. For offering gentle guidance to your own grown children. For becoming taxi drivers and appointment schedulers. For making sure the right baby doll is in their arms before they go to sleep. For helping them pay back their student loans. For cleaning and sterilizing and cooking. For doing their laundry and his laundry and our laundry for praying and loving and forgiving and falling down and rising to your feet again. 
For the mom who is overworked and exhausted. For the mom who seems to spend a million hours on a million little things. For the mom who pours Jesus into her family as best she can. And God himself not only celebrates what you do, but rejoices over the uniqueness of who you are. You are seen and you are loved without limits. Welcome to Mother's Day. Hello, New Beginnings Community Church. It is such a privilege for me to join this worship gathering with you. I thank God for your pastor. Pastor Hamilton is a gift from God. And let me tell you, he loves his congregation. So I'm so grateful for his leadership and for all of you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us on this beautiful, beautiful Mother's Day. I want to celebrate mothers. I have a six and an eight-year-old that are super excited about this day. They made me breakfast this morning. Thank God for dad. And I want to celebrate all of you who are celebrating today. I'm also mindful that Mother's Day is not easy for everyone. There are those who grieve the loss of mothers, uh, those who uh, grieve because they cannot be with their mothers, maybe because of the pandemic or not being able to travel and be with mom. There are those who yearn to be mothers and cannot do so for reasons of infertility and so much more. And so even though this is a joy-filled day for many, it can be a very trying day for others. And so we are praying for you. The good news for all of us is this is still the day the Lord has made. And the Bible tells us to rejoice and be glad in it. And so we are so glad to be in this space together. The word of the Lord this morning comes from a familiar portion of scripture for some. Maybe it's your first time hearing it, but it is the 23rd Psalm. This is a Psalm of David, and I'm going to read from the New International Version. Hear now the word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just want to emphasize verse four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As we think about this uh, theme today, as we think about mothers and as we're in this season of growing, I want to offer a message that I'd like to call grow in the dark, grow in the dark. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this gathering. Thank you for this space and for all who have joined in. I pray that your word would reach every single one of us everywhere that we are. You have a divine destination for your word. So we pray that you would clear the pathway, make the path clear so that your word might reach our hearts and bring forth harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And even before you do it, God, we say thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for this time of worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grow in the dark. When my sister and I were little, like most children, we were afraid of the dark. We had night lights and flashlights under our pillows just to make sure we could shine a light on any monster that might be lurking in the closet. We would do literally flying jumps from like the dresser to the mattress just so that our feet wouldn't touch the floor because you never know what monsters may be lurking under the bed. If by chance we'd watched some scary movie or seen some ridiculous character that gave us the creeps, we often begged my parents, please, please keep the lights on in the room. But the problem with the light on was then the shadows and you never know what lurked behind the shadows of dark covered windows or partly cracked doors. We were afraid of the dark because we didn't know what lurked in darkness. And because of our vivid imagination, aided, of course, by 80s horror movies like Gremlins and Chucky and Candyman and Nightmare on Elm Street and so much more, we were certain that the only things that lurked in the dark were things that wanted to kill us or eat us alive. For us, the darkness was the cover of evil. And as soon as the lights went out, there's no telling who or what would come out to play. Now, while many of us outgrow the fear of monsters lurking in closets, we still have to deal with this potential fear of the dark. And while there are many fears that are left to the innocence of childhood, the fear of the dark can still haunt us into adulthood. While darkness for children is a literal place, it's a literal dark place or a dark room, those definitions start to take on different nuances as we become adults. Uh, sometimes as adults, this dark place is emotional. This darkness shows up in emotional midnights where depression, anxiety, sadness, and woe start to fill our lives. In emotional darkness, life loses its luster and, and all of the common pleasures kind of cease to bring joy. Tears can become the meat of the day and sorrow becomes the cover of night. In emotional darkness, our minds feel cloudy, our, our hearts feel heavy, and even the brightest of day can feel like a really cold night. Emotional darkness is like that uninvited guest that comes unannounced and stays just a little too long. If you're tracking with me, I, I want you to just type in the chat, I, I get it, emotional darkness. Not only is there emotional darkness, but sometimes there's a spiritual darkness. St. John of the Cross first described this in the 16th century as the dark night of the soul. In spiritual darkness, it can feel like God is nowhere. Our prayers don't feel effective. Our, our worship doesn't seem to help us. Our, 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 our silence kind of seems like God's response to everything in our lives. In spiritual darkness, we can grope for hope and, and feel like it comes up empty. We can search for meaning and find nothing. In spiritual darkness, some people get so frustrated with God that they leave the faith altogether. If you're tracking with me, say, I, I get it, spiritual darkness. Not only that, but there's sometimes dark places that are terminal, these are these kind of literal understandings of what it means to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In this darkness, this shadow and the finality of death haunts us 
through the eyes of sick loved ones, through the stories of senseless murders, or just the threat of death that seems to be looming near us. And let me say, this has been especially true in this pandemic, where so many have been in literal valleys of the shadow of death with loss after loss and grief upon grief. If you're tracking with me, say, I get it. This is terminal darkness. So whether this is emotional or spiritual or terminal darkness or something else, every single one of us has to deal with the dark at some point in our lives. And no matter who we are or what we are or, or where we are, we must all deal with darkness and we must all travel through dark valleys. We face darkness in our cities and in our communities and in our world. We face darkness on our jobs and in the classroom and even sometimes in our homes. There's darkness within us, outside of us, around us and beneath us. And if you stick around long enough, you'll, you'll find darkness in the places where there ought to be light. But in verse four of this 23rd Psalm, David refers to this darkest valley, this what King James called the, the valley of the shadow of death. And when he referred to this, he was talking about his own experience as well. And we know from David's life, which is chronicled throughout the Old Testament, that David clearly traveled his fair share of dark places. Uh, some would say that David entered the dark valley from the moment he was anointed by Samuel as king. From that day on, his brothers hated him. Saul was jealous of him. And there were all kinds of battles trying to take his life. He wandered through the valley of the shadow of death as a shepherd when he tried to protect the sheep from predators, as a young boy when he risked his life fighting against Goliath, as a musician when he dodged daggers to try and play music to soothe the demons in Saul's soul, and even as a nomad when he wandered the wilderness having to flee his homeland just to stay alive. Yes, friends, David knew about dark valleys when he lived in a cave and nearly lost his mind, when he wrestled with lust and nearly lost his faith, when he struggled with his son and nearly lost his kingdom. His voice throughout the Psalms is clouded by darkness at times, when he cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or my Lord, when will you come to save me? Or how long will you allow them to torment me? Or why is my soul downcast within me? David knew about darkness. He understood dark places and he had traveled them nearly every season of his life. Yet David knew something else about dark valleys. He knew something else about this looming shadow of death. He knew something about darkness that kept him from being afraid. David says in verse four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is from the man who lived most of his life fearing for his life. This is from the man who had more enemies than you and I have Facebook friends. This is someone who knew more about dark places than Candyman himself. Yet this man, boldly declared that even though he walked through the darkest valley, he had no fear. And his reason was simple, because God was with him. God was with him. If you're tracking with me, just type in the chat, God was with him. And if you feel bold enough, I want you to type right now, and God is with me. 
See, friends, we must all deal with darkness. We must all travel through dark valleys. But just like David, we must know that the same God who was with David is the same God who is with us. And we have to know what it means that God is with us. So what did David know about God that caused him not to fear, even in the darkest places of his life? I suggest to you that David did not fear because he knew that with God, he was only passing through. This is the first point. I want you to type it in the chat. With God, I'm only passing through. With God, I'm only passing through. Look at the text. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Notice that David doesn't say, even though I sit down in the valley or even though I lay down in the valley. He doesn't say, even though I make my stop or my home in the valley. No, he uses this Hebrew word, yalak, which is a progressive word. It's, it's to move through. It's a word about progression, not stagnation. David may have been in the valley, but with God, he was only passing through. David had been stuck in a cave before, but with God, he, he came through it. He'd been stalled in battles before, but with God, he walked through it. David was caught in temptation, but God moved him through it. He was mired in depression, but God brought him through it. For every test and every struggle, since God was with him, David testified, God will bring you through. Friends, you've got to know that if God is with you, you are only passing through. You may be in the valley, but you're just passing through. You may be in a tough spot, but you're just passing through. You may feel like you're stagnant, but you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, that means you've still got life. And if you've still got life, that means the breath that you're taking right now is further along the road than the breath you took just seconds ago. God wants all of us to know with him, we're only passing through. Reminds me of uh, a few years ago, I was uh, doing a layover. Now, true confessions, I really prefer to do a nonstop flight, any nonstop flighters. You know, if we were in the room, I'd say, raise your hand. If you're in the chat, raise your virtual hand. I, I do not like layovers. I just want to get to my destination. So I had this layover in my college town. And I remember getting off the plane for my layover. I got off. I looked in the airport and the airport looked the exact same as it did when I was in college. I mean, the carpet was the same. The walls were the same. It was the same stores, even the same smells. And, you know, uh, memory has a way of tricking us into thinking that we are where our memory remembers. I, I, I had a way of, you know, in that moment of being tricked into believing that I was back in my college life. And, and honestly, my college years were quite hard. I, I went through a lot of challenges. I grew and knew the Lord, but it was a hard time. And as I was walking in this airport, I started remembering the those hard times. It's like my mind and my body went back to the hard times. And just when I started to get stuck, I heard over the intercom the announcement for my next flight. And immediately I was transported out of the past. I was reminded that I was only passing through. This was just my layover. It was not my final destination. And praise be to God, I made my way to my gate for my next flight. I want you to know that sometimes life can feel like that layover. Sometimes life can feel like you are stuck in the in-between, between where you used to be and where you want to go. Sometimes the dark places can make you feel stagnant. But if God is with you, then where you are right now is just a layover. If God is with you, then the challenges of the dark nights are just the layover. If God is with you, then there is no dark valley that is your resting place. There is no dark shadow that is your stagnation. This 
means you will pass through. Uh, I thank God that with him we're only passing through. Secondly, I think that this text of David shows us that not only with God are we only passing through, but David knew he did not have to fear because with God, he was guaranteed safety. I want you to type that in the chat. With God, I am guaranteed safety. And if you're just, you know, in a rush, just put guaranteed safety. Guaranteed safety. Now let's reframe safety, if we will. David says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, David is opening this psalm with one of his primary metaphors. It's one that was very personal to him. It was God as a shepherd. David was a shepherd and he knew what it meant to take care of sheep. So it meant something to him to say God was his shepherd. And he used this personal example to describe another layer of God's safety. He says that shepherds are are good. They they care for their sheep. They make their sheep lie down in green pastures. Shepherds look after their sheep. They lead them beside the still waters. Shepherds nurture their sheep, restoring their souls. But David knew that shepherds' care was not only relevant in the good times and the safe spaces where everything was great, but a good shepherd's care. A good shepherd cared for sheep even when the sheep wanted to do wrong. And this is where David found safety. So this rod and staff forces us to rethink safety. Safety is not just the times when everything is great. God's safety is not just represented in the times of our lives when everything is going well. But even in the dark places, even when life is hard, David shows us through the rod and the staff that God gives us safety. Let's look at the rod. It was a heavy, blunt instrument. It was often used to kind of tap the sheep on the side when they were going the wrong way. The rod was used if if a sheep was going too far in the wrong direction and and the shepherd couldn't get there fast enough. Often the shepherd would throw that rod out in front of the sheep as a reminder, no, no, don't go that way. If a sheep was trying to nibble on another sheep or doing some disobedient behavior, the, the, the shepherd would just tap the sheep with the rod. It was a a form of discipline, but also a form of love. And then the shepherd had the staff. The staff was this long stick, was kind of curved. I'm sure you've seen it. It's kind of curved. It's like the classic shepherd symbol. And that staff was used to draw the sheep closer to the shepherd. In fact, I was reading one uh, little article about sheep that said that sometimes after a sheep was born, the shepherd would use the staff to draw the sheep closer to both the mother and the shepherd so that the new sheep would know the scent of both its mother and the scent of the shepherd and prayerfully not go astray. This rod and this staff, they became symbols of God's safety and protection. And friends, I don't know about you, but that is good news to me because we are like sheep and sheep are not the brightest animals of all. We like sheep often go astray. We like sheep often need God to tap us on the side and say, no, no, don't go that way. We like sheep need God's rod to reach way in front of the flock and pull us back to where we need to be. We like newborn sheep need to be reminded of the sense of the shepherd, of the sense of the flock, so that we will know which way to go. And while life is not guaranteed to be uh, a free-flowing love fest, life is not guaranteed to always be bright and shiny, God's safety, God's rod and his staff reminds us, even when we go through the dark places, God will protect you. 
God will keep you. Yes, even sometimes from yourself. Oh, I don't know if I'm talking to anybody, but if I'm talking to you, just say, I'm, you're talking to me in the chat. If I'm talking to anybody, just say, uh, you're talking to me. Because when I think of all the ways that I went astray, all of the ways that I fled from God's safety, I am so glad that God loves us so much to keep us safe by disciplining us, by protecting us, by drawing us close. So David lets us know if God goes with you, you don't have to fear. First of all, because in the dark valley, you're only passing through. Secondly, you don't have to fear because if God is with you, you are guaranteed safety. You've got his protection and his discipline. But thirdly, I believe the text lets us know if God is with you, you don't have to fear because you with God can grow in the dark. Now I'm using a play on words here because I do mean grow in the dark, but I also mean glow in the dark. And let me tell you why. So David, David is, you know, a, a kind of walking with the shepherd's metaphor. And, and as a shepherd, David knew that there were great fruits, vegetables, and, and, you know, vegetation that grew on the mountains. Often shepherds would lead their sheep to the highest points of the mountain so that the sheep could graze on those highest points, so that the shepherd could kind of get a sense of the land. And, and, and the highest points of the mountains were good places. But every shepherd knew that the rich, rooty um, uh, vegetation, the, 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 the streams often flowed in the darker valleys. You know, there is some vegetation that only grows in the dark places. And David knew as a shepherd that sometimes you've got to guide the sheep down so that they can come to the dark places, so that they can get the nutrition and the growth that they need. Friends, let me tell you something. If there was another way for us to grow, God knows I want it. If there was a way for us to grow on the mountaintops of life, I want that growth. But the reality is sometimes the greatest growth happens in our lives when we go through the dark places. Sometimes we don't get the rich vegetation of what grows in the shadows until we can go through the valley. Sometimes we don't get to sip from the waters until we're deeply thirsty. Sometimes we don't get to eat until we are on our knees. And as, as much as I wish that my prayer life grew when life was easy, as much as I wish that my Bible reading grew when life was easy, I know for a fact that the richest points in my relationship with God came at the points of dark valleys, came sometimes at the points of pain. But I'm so glad that God doesn't just allow us to grow in the valley. By his grace, God allows us to glow in the valley. And here's what I mean. The Bible is replete with images of God and of God's son, Jesus Christ, being the light of the world. And so David perhaps knew that when God went with him, not only could he grow in the dark, but he, because the light of God was with him, he could also glow in the dark. In fact, he referenced it in Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, David says, if I surely say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light to you. David knew that the same 
same God who helped him to grow in the dark was the same God who walked with him so that he might glow in the dark. And David knew something else that if God goes with you and God is light, then wherever you go, there is light. (laughs) Let me give you an example. I, I, um, a few years ago, I did this outward bound trip with a group of pastors. It was in the North Carolina mountains. Now I'm a city girl. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, live right outside of Baltimore right now. And, and dark for a city person is a little different from like country dark. I'm saying like no building off in the headlights, no car street lights, nothing. It was just pitch black. And I remember being so afraid. It was nighttime and and our counselor, our camp counselor was like, okay, I want you guys to take out your headlights. I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to take out my flashlight. Remember my childhood memories. I grabbed the flashlight when I'm afraid of the dark. And so it was really dark. I did my instinctive thing. I grabbed my flashlight. And And the counselor said to us, you know, your flashlight will do you some good, but it's going to be better for you if you wear your headlight because you can hold your flashlight. That'll do you some good, but you've got to wear your headlight. And so I reluctantly put on my headlight and I noticed something different. When I held my flashlight, there was a bit of a delay. I'd hear a sound and I'd have to point. I'd have to hear a creaking in the leaves and I'd have to point. But when I wore my headlight, when the light was attached to my body, wherever I turned, I saw light. When the light was attached to my body, wherever I went, there was light. I didn't have to worry about sitting things down. I didn't have to worry about leaving my light behind. When I wore my headlight, wherever I went, wherever I turned, there was light. I want you to know today that God who helps us to grow in the dark is the same God who helps us to glow in the dark. God today reminds us that he is still the light and he still wants to shine in our lives. And if you don't know whether or not God wants us to shine, all we have to do is look at Jesus. Jesus was born in the midst of a dark time. It was a dark time for Israel. It was a dark time in the Roman empire. It was in this darkness of night that Jesus was born in a manger and light came to earth. It was so dark that the kings and the wise men had to follow a star just to find out where the savior lay. Light was born in the manger and it was light that walked on earth. It was light that made the demons flee. It was light that made the dead come to life. And it was light that died for us on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, it was his light that shined even in the midst of the darkness of death. And this is why we can say that even in death, there is still light and life because of the witness of Jesus. And that's not all. On that third day, the Bible tells us that Jesus rose with all power in his hand and the resurrected Jesus was not satisfied with just being the light. No, the resurrected Jesus by the way of the Holy Spirit gave us his light. And this is why we can say I want my light to shine because Jesus placed his light in me. This is why we can sing that childhood song, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This is why we can shine in our schools and shine on our jobs and shine in our homes because he is the light. He's the light of the world. And if Christ is in you and God is with you, you can 
glow in the dark. Hallelujah. God be praised. If you're tracking with me, just shout hallelujah in the chat. I don't know if it's your first time saying hallelujah or maybe you were just feeling it, but just come on, let's celebrate the Lord who is our light. Now, it's one thing to hear a message, but one of the most important things we can do is respond to this message. And I want you in this message response to make a bold declaration with me. And that declaration is simply this. Since God is with me, I will not be afraid of the dark. I believe you have an option to check that out on your form. If you're in the app, this will be made easy for you. You can check off your message response. If you're uh, online watching with us, just type your message response. Just type it in the chat right now. Since God is with me, I will not be afraid of the dark. Yes, type that affirmation, make that declaration. And let me tell you something, you're gonna have to declare it a couple times a day. This is not just something you say one time. You're gonna have to remind yourself because darkness lurks all around, but God, God's light can totally eclipse the darkness. And as we go through this week, I wanna offer a question that we can reflect on together. And that question is, how will you let God's, God's light glow in the dark? through you this week? Maybe this is an important question because maybe, maybe you've got some darkness in the job. Maybe you are facing some tough situations. Maybe some things in the family feel a bit dark. Think about this question. How will you let God's light glow through you in the dark places this week? And as you let your light glow, as you let God's light glow through you, I believe that God will use you as a light for the world not a light stuffed under a bushel, but a light set on the hill so that men and women would see your light, see your good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for the growth and for the glow that happens in the dark. We confess, God, that we don't always like darkness. We don't always like dark times. It's not always easy to be in the valley or in the shadow of death. But we thank you, God, for this very simple and powerful reminder that you are God, Emmanuel. You are God with us. You are God who never leaves or forsakes us. And for that, we give you praise. So be with us this week. Go with my brothers, my sisters this week. For those who are thinking about faith, thinking about Christianity, those who may be on the verge of making a decision for Jesus, would you be with them, God? Would you give them clarity and discernment? Would you give them strength so that they might make a decision to be with you and, and to have you with them? For those who are saved, for those who have accepted Christ and, and feel that they are walking in a relationship with God, would you increase their faith, God? Would you strengthen them? Would you give them boldness so that they might share your goodness with someone else? And God, even before you answer our prayers, we thank you for it because you are good and you are God and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Friends, God bless you and may you grow and glow in the dark this week. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Nicole, for such a powerful, powerful message. God bless you, and God bless your family. And listen, guys, how are you going to respond? Listen, right now, 
I want to encourage you guys to engage with our connection card. It's popping up in your Facebook at this very moment. It's also on our website. And if you have the NBCC app, just go ahead and open the NBCC app. Go to the Sunday section. You'll see the connection card section right there. And when you tap on that, you're going to see Next Steps with Jesus. And I just want to call this out for you. This is a great day for you to say, I want to be a Jesus follower. And all you have to do is go ahead and check that. Or you want to return to your faith. There's an opportunity for you to check that. Or if you want some more information, there's an opportunity for you there. And lastly, a couple of things I just want to remind you. Do not forget. Don't forget you can register right now if you want to participate uh, this coming Sunday in our in-person watch party gathering. Uh, that will be in Ridwood City at 11 a.m. And don't forget next weekend, you will find us online at a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.